This is Captivated Minds. I'm Stan. I'm Jake. And this is part three of CIA. We are deep in the CIA right now. Um, thanks for listening so for our... deep. We're knees deep in the CIA. We're past the first knuckle. Ooh. We're at the elbow. <laughs> that's how deep. We're at the yeah, elbow. Yeah, the, the elbow? Yeah. Full on elbow. Oh, yeah, that's right. So... We talked about a lot of uh, different parts of the thing, uh, CIA, last time around. We talked about uh, them kind of changing structures a little bit and yep. the funding and how it's becoming something different. And how they have all this money to play with and it's not like they're doing any good with it and how they support the Nazis now. Yep. And that's what I'm saying. Yep. They support the Nazis. I don't care. If, if you can hire those criminals to do stuff, you're supporting them. That's right. So in the first episode of the series, we covered its origins. Within the second episode, we covered how it grew and became an unstoppable machine. In this episode, like we just mentioned, we'll be knee-deep in the CIA and we'll continue to learn what the CIA does next. What We will, we will also be doing another CIA-related movie this time around uh, with Central Intelligence. Yes. So, uh, Which is awesome. Check it out because it's funny. It's uh yeah. We wanted to go from uh red to central intelligence, so that's right. a big difference. So check out both of those and let us know how we're doing on those. Yeah, let us know. Uh, again, it it's good that we're really finally doing a comedy movie. Yeah, doing a couple comedy movies, which that's is right. great. The CIA at this point has funding. It has operations in progress, and it also has a covert w- war going on with the Russians. From what we can tell, the Russians has been quick to retaliate at any given opportunity. The CIA must slowly come to a plan to prevent more casualties without a full-on war. Steve Turner, the young CIA officer we introduced in the last episode, tells how anyone who hated the Russians were on our side. Steve had managed to find various people that to help with the CIA. Some of them had done horrible things. Tanner is not given any guide guidelines from anyone in Washington, and this seems a bit unnerving. In December 1948, Tanner had, uh, had uh, someone find a group of Ukrainians who were deserving of the backing of the CIA. This operation in the CIA was called the Supreme Council of the Liberation of Ukraine. Now, that's a mouthful. Wow. Yeah. Can they find a better name? Uh, liberation of Ukraine? See? There you go. How, how nice is that one? Yeah. Uh, this council was not corrupt in any form or fashion, according to Tanner's account. Spring 1949. Tanner spends that spring and summer months preparing these Ukrainians to infiltrate the Iron Curtain. That sounds like an awesome title, Infiltrate the Iron Curtain, like a bad action movie. Pornhub made. Infiltrates the Iron Curtains? (laughs) (laughs) These men were now couriers, and they had done this before. Handling sewed, so they would sew notes together. Hand-stitched notes together. That's how deep of a spy these people were. Wow. Yeah. Think about all the detail and intricacy it took to sew notes together. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. So these men, uh, 
they had hand-sewn notes. With these kinds of notes, people would know that it was a resistance movement. Re resistant movement. These notes would help to notify of Russian attacks. That the CIA thought it, this movement of men could lead to a potential war or conflict between the U.S. and the USSR. It does seem like if Tanner had more help from the CIA, it would be a covert operation. The CIA now has a Ukrainian operation underway and no way to determine the outcome. Uh -huh. Yep. The Ukrainians kind of like knew what they were doing. This, this was us, though. It's CIA. Right. Tanner. Right. It's Tanner. But, I mean, he did the, have the way they're using the Ukrainians and stuff. It's, it seems like a good idea, right? It seems like a great idea. I mean, this time. Let's for keep, a moment let, let's keep let's <laughs> hold that idea tanner had hired a hungarian air crew so he hires an air crew they had managed to hijack a commercial airline and flew it back to munich wow these airmen were a little on the uh, let's say eccentric side perhaps this is what tanner needed to complete his mission i mean why not you need a couple wild cards you, you got a who cares if they do something nuts here and there. Are they good pilots? Yeah, they're great pilots. General Wyman, the CIA Special Operations Chief, had approved this mission on July 26. Tanner would teach this group with Morse code weaponry and finally bring them uh, into communications with, you know, the CIA. The CIA did not have operatives in Munich who had any experience with training personnel and parachuting agents behind enemy lines. Luckily, for the CIA, Tanner knew someone who could do the job. Tanner, it does seem so far like he's a key person in this operation. Yeah. So he, he's like what we were just saying. He, he might be knowing know what he's doing a little bit. It, he sounds like he pretty much knows what he's doing. and He just doesn't have the, the backing of the point, CIA. Yeah. Right. Tanner finds a colleague who had parachuted with Yukosla uh, within Yugoslavia during World War II. Tanner knows this guy firsthand and knows he can teach. Tanner's goal was to get these men in and to create a network of spies from within. These spies were uh, key to vital information. The CIA was somewhat hesitant about this mission, but knew the value it meant against Stalin. September 5th, 1949. So we bounced around a little bit in time, but now we're back in 1949. Yeah. Tanner's men take off in a C-47 that was flown by the Hungarians who had hijacked the plane. So his guys basically, <laughs> yeah. Just, I, just, I just love it. Yeah. I need a plane. I'm going to have these guys do Boom. it. Boom, done. So we can clearly see multiple elements of this plan slowly mixing to one single operation. These men jump into pitch black darkness of the sky of the sky as they descend out of the plane. The man had landed in Lvov. Lvov. The CIA was now within the Soviet Union. 2005 documents of this operation resurfaced and detailed what happened during this mission. So from 1949 to 2005, only a select few people knew the story. This is kind of screwed up to think about. The Soviet had killed all of their agents. From our sources, it does not tell us how or when. 
this mission had totally backfired. The failure of this operation forces the CIA to knuckle down twice as hard. Wesner draws up more proposals to send more people in to recruit. This, the plan is to create American-funded resistance force. So everything Tanner just did was for nothing. Right. Like, absolutely nothing. That's right. How much of just a mind fuck is that? That's... And they, no, it sound, no, no one knew in 2005. I mean, it sounds like it was so much work. So you put so much work, time, money into this. Nothing. For nothing. That's right. The CIA sends more agents to infiltrate by air, by land, and almost every single one gets taken or killed. See, I'm surprised they didn't, the Russian government didn't see that as an act of war. Because it wasn't the CIA. It was other people, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So if they and, as long it, as, it, and as long as they keep quiet about it. That's right. Like, oh, just, as long as they keep it hush-hush. That's right. The CIA sends agents in like this for five years. So they're for so five, five years, years. They're continu- continually sending people in, and they're continuously getting killed. That's and a it, long time. And the CIA knows what's going on. That's stupid long. Five years. Yeah. It's a long time. It's only after five years of agents getting captured do they rethink their approach. It just really shows the cost of the Ukrainian agents that it took to get into Russia. Five, five years. Yeah. And then their brains turn on. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe we should do something else because we're going about the wrong way. That's right. That's awful. I wonder if it's because they're using, they're not using their own people. You know uh, what I mean? And if, it sounds screwed up if you think about if it. If you though. think about it, it I'm wondering I if, wonder... if they were actual americans actual cia agents we would have had a war we would have had a war but we also would have stopped oh man we've lost too many people that's right because these are ukrainian agents i'll keep feeding them in they'll put they'll get through eventually yep wesner began to create a pre uh, preliminary adventures across europe October 1949, only four weeks after the first bomb drops, Wesner has a new plan. He began to work with the British. uh, Yeah, he began to work with the British to move rebels into communist Albania. Albania at this time was the poorest and most uh, isolated nation within Europe. Wesner thought that this area would was ideal to set up a resistance movement so are they are they really just taking advantage of the fact that they're poor yep and it's an isolated area right so i mean they're not going to go into a country that is well developed and like no knows what they're doing they're going to find countries that need the money or the resources or the resources hey we'll help you out if you help us out that's right a ship that came from Malta had nine Albanians on their first command mission. Three of these men were killed instantly. The secret police chased down the rest. He flew more recruits to Munich for parachute training after these agents would go to the Athens station. So they'd come from Athens, and they would go to parachute training. And, yeah, as they would jump into Albania, they would land near the secret police and, 
Mission after mission after mission was now failing, no matter what. John Lindmond, a man working within the CIA, asks what is happening. He's the guy who was key for us having Albanians in Rome. It, was, it would not be until many years later that the CIA found out that the Soviets knew every single detail of these plans. Remember, Munich was filled with Soviet spies. Right. So, here's, here's the other thing about this, right? You're using all... You're, you must have this completely quiet. If you're going to use all these people from other countries to infiltrate and they're all dying... They must not know that all their friends have, are, well, not their friends, but all the same people, they're all dead. Yeah. That's. This uh, fight continued for four more years with 200 or so of the CIA foreign agents killed. Not many people at this time knew that these operations were huge failures, that they were, that, yeah, they didn't know they were failures. Within 1950, Wesner orders a, a new move on the Soviets. Bill Coffin, a new recruit, is brought on. Coffin came to work for the CIA because his brother had worked for them. His brother-in-law is Frank Lizney, Lindsay, Wesner's Eastern European Operations Officer. Bill Coffin tells the CIA he won't do spy work. Instead, he wanted to do underground political work. Coffin spent the last couple of years of the Second War as a U.S. Army liaison that worked with the Soviet commanders. He had come across things that made him want to join the CIA. Coffin says that he is anti-Soviet but pro-Russian after seeing what Russia did in the war. That makes a lot of sense. I agree with that. He can he can like the people but not like the message that the yes. people represent. That yes, makes sense. Because so... I agree with that 100% because I, you know, watching all the World War II stuff that I've watched over the years and stuff, without them, the war would have been lost. The war would have been lost. It would have been a whole different thing. That's right. And, yeah, their government sucks, but them as a people they're still good. and their culture it's is, really, very is fascinating. really fascinating. Wesner thinks that the Solidarists, a Russian group, could be political hope for using this political angle. So instead of finding an, fighting an indirect war, they may be going for a political war. From what we can tell, it does take some time for the CIA to realize they could have made a mistake. A smaller number of CIA agents like Coffin could speak Russian. The CIA, with help from the Solidarists, smuggled leaflets into Soviet barracks within East Germany. The, they even launched balloons that are covered in thousands of pamphlets. These CIA operations almost seem like college-level pranks. They don't really seem like other types of operations we have discussed so far. Again, they would seem like they send men into Russia by parachute on the outskirts of Russia. And they, to this day, they still, well, I know other countries do, still send balloons over with pamphlets. Uh, yeah. South Korea does it to North Korea. Oh, really? Yeah, and they, they'll also send uh, movies huh. and stuff over. Just to kind of... just. To, but the thing is, if uh, anyone's caught picking any of yeah. this up, they get killed. But a yeah. lot of people do take it. Yeah. 
everyone who would go into Russia was hunted down and killed. They never stood a fighting chance. Of course. Yet again, the CIA's basically handed off its agents like a lamb to a slaughterhouse. Years later, Bill Coffin admits it was a bad idea. He became one of the anti-war voices during the 1960s. The CIA missions had made him turn into a voice that would communicate a message to the people. The CIA admits its failures on these missions, but it isn't until the Cold War has ended. Within the 1950s, hundreds of foreign agents were sent to their deaths. They were killed in Poland, Romania, Russia, Russia, and the Baltic states. You would think that perhaps after the first five or six missions were failed, you would halt, but you didn't. Yeah, like let's think of something Something else to do. No, we're going to keep doing this (laughs) because it's going to work. This isn't working, but no, oh, maybe the next time. Yep. Maybe the next time. Maybe Maybe after that. Maybe after that. Who, Who cares? They're not our people. That's right. September 29th, the CIA's chief scientific intelligence reports he can't complete his mission. He did not have the ability to track down or determine if the Soviets had weapons of mass destruction or atomic bombs. The CIA, the CIA had failed on collecting any data on the Russian weapons facilities. We had no clue if the Soviets had a bomb or didn't have one. We were completely and utterly in the dark. You would think that the CIA would want to check on bombs, right? You would think so. So this is where... It gets tricky. I disagree with things, right? How can a country like us who have nuclear weapons have bombs tell another country they can't? That doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? I know. I get like it. we are so – such hypocrites when it comes to that. Hey, yeah, we have nukes, but we know how bad they are, so you can't have them. Yeah. And then it's like, well, destroy yours. No, no we're not going to do that. That's right. But you can't have any. The United States may face dire consequences for not looking into the Russian bombs. The CIA is ordered by the Pentagon to go into Moscow and steal Russian military plans. This seems like an impossible attack. June 25, 1950, the United States states faces faced an attack that could have started World War through the next World War or the Korean War. Uh, Sorry, the next World War. The Korean War was a major test for the CIA. The president calls on Walter Bedell Smith to have Bedell Smith save the CIA before war had broke. After being an American ambassador in Moscow, he had gotten a bad ulcer that had almost killed him. When the news of the Korean War broke, he was getting a section, uh, two-thirds of his stomach uh, removed. Truman waited a month to see if he was he would survive. Well, so I, I wanted to look this up real quick. Don't don't mean to stop yep, you, but yep. so during during the Cold War, all right, from, which we're not there yet. We're not there yet, but during the Cold War, I don't know if you have the number of nukes. No, that I don't. We, built. we don't even touch it on this. So Russia and the United States got up to like. 40,000 apiece. We we and we were higher. Right now, Russia has 6800 nukes. So they've depleted their arsenal. 
and we also have 5,800 nukes. But I'm also thinking this is just a number to throw out there. We probably have a lot more more than that. That's right. But I was just kind of curious on, like, where we were building up. I mean, the United States and us were were neck neck and neck uh, having all these nukes because that was the whole point of the Cold War was building up this arsenal because we we're going to we're going to throw bombs at each other. We we also have this guy right now who had a bad ulcer who the president approaches. Um, the president was like, "Hey, uh, we know you know some stuff. I got to talk to you for a second. So, Trump waited uh, Truman waited a month to see if he would survive. Walter Bedell Smith became the fourth director of the CIA within 4 years. Wow. So, wow. within 3 episodes, we've had four directors. Right. Of the CIA, and each one of them is screwing up in their own way. Yeah. The president must be very desperate to have another director of the CIA once the Korean War breaks. It is kind of sad in a way because the president picks a CIA director who was nearly on his deathbed with a bad ulcer. You would think that the president would pick someone who was a little bit on the healthier side. Giving more stress to someone with an already bad ulcer could kill them. I've had an ulcer. It's not. It's not good. Yeah, but I mean, it's, uh, not good. He's probably going. Well, you can't get another one. He already has one. Double, triple ulcer. <laughs> Can you? The general was now part of the CIA, and his first task was crystal clear: learn secrets from within the Kremlin. So, every single one of these directors at, were some sort of uh, a military head. That's right. So we had admirals, generals. Uh, Colonel, right? Yeah. So I wonder in those times that was the stipulation that you had to be like up and up and up in the military. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He even had a general idea where he was walking, what he was walking into when he joined the CIA. Upon joining the office within October, he knew he had been given a giant mess, just like all the previous other CIA directors. He became a bit of a hard ass at the CIA. Bedell Smith notices that Wesner reports to the State Department and the Pentagon and not the CIA. Smith was about to make some changes fast. To help serve the president at a better capacity, General Smith made a clear attempt to save what he could of the analytical side. He referred to it as the heart and soul of the CIA. He brings on Sherma Kent from Yale to help restructure a system of national estimates. Uh, Yeah. He he was sent in to kind of look over the books of the CIA to see if there were any problems that he could uh, fix with his expertise. So right now we have the new CIA director who wants to make changes the first three CIA directors had many limitations on things of what they could and couldn't do. This time around, this the CIA director is given a pile of shit and told it to weave it into gold. <laughs> That's actually a great analogy. I, I, I thought it was good too <laughs> when I was so writing good. it. Yeah. Only days after Smith was made the CIA director, the president has a meeting with Douglas MacArthur on Wake Island about sending the best of the CIA into Korea. The president also wanted to know if communist China would be entering this war as well. MacArthur moved his troops deeper into North Korea. He was hesitant that the Chinese would not attack. During this point, the CIA had no information on China. 
They had no operations undercover, operatives undercover. They had all been moved to Hong Kong or Taiwan. The CIA tries to keep a tab on China, but their sources were way too weak to be ever fully reliable. An operative spends five years in Hong Kong trying to collect what information he can about the Chinese. The CIA had no contact when it came to the Korean or Russian military plans. It seems like once again the CIA is in the dark about the military happenings of the other nations and it is a threat. At this point, was Hong Kong British ruled? I believe so. It might have been. I'm not not sure. So, this the other thing. I'll have to look this up. I know we sent troops to help South Korea. But I don't know if China sent troops to help the North. I'll get into it. Oh, you will get into it? Okay, yeah, yeah. Bedell had an idea that something had gone has gone wrong. He alerts the White House. The results became the creation of a new government fraction, the NSA. The NSA would almost double in size and power in the years to come. Some even suggest that the CIA, uh, the NSA, is twice as big as the CIA. The CIA tells the president that she he should not worry about the Chinese within Korea at this moment. If it becomes something that they'll need to deal with it, they will. But for right now, maybe they should just fo- uh, worry about Korea and Russia. The CIA says over and over that the Chinese will not enter the war, but they were wrong. The CIA has gotten it wrong, and nearly 300,000 Chinese troops move us back to the sea. The Chinese so, have brought us off guard, and we paid the and price. This is, and this is where we are having a war with China, but not with China, if you think about it. We're fighting Korea, because, but China's because on it's, the side of Korea. Right, but it's, it's a, that, it, that's why it's called the Korean War, because it's, it is a Korean War, but we have two superpowers fighting against each well, other. We're also fighting Russia at the same time. Right. And we're also, from the last episode, we're still doing internal investigations, too. It's mostly in part of where the North was communist ran. So you will have those communist countries supporting. It's the same now. Communist China will support North Korea. That's they, right. They just do. Yeah. And then it was the same thing in Vietnam. Russia and China would back the Viet Cong. That's right. During this episode, we've covered a lot, and we are going to recap everything up to this point. The CIA tries to fight the Russians using a multitude of tactics at its disposal. One of the tactics they try to use to send in foreign operatives into Russia. This plan blows up in the CIA's face. Each and every time they do, they send people in, they're killed. The CIA even thinks that having a political takeover within Russia is a good idea. It is it is not, and again, everyone either gets captured or killed. We do get a shimmer of good light. Good light. The president does bring on another CIA director, but he almost dies before he gets the job due to a horrible ulcer. Another threat is also underway. Another war, this time with Korea. The CIA gets the wrong information, and 300 Chinese troops help out Korea. The CIA, from what we've talked about so far, has a lot of things going on at once. One wrong move regarding the CIA and other nations could lead to World War III. I, oh, 
could you imagine having three world wars in such a short time? It'd be horrible. It would have been horrible. All it the economies would have been bad. Everything would have been bad. But to me, if there was, if there was going to be a World War Three, it probably would have happened at this point. It would, and it would have happened in the United States soil. Yeah. Every world war, every war that we have fought in besides the Civil War and War of eighteen twelve Revolution has been fought overseas. Yep. It's almost it's a matter of time before we get invaded, picked on, whatever. Yeah, it, again. I mean, it just history repeats itself. History repeats itself, and you have all these countries at to this day. There's still countries at each other's throat, fighting all the time. If you think about it, we are still in some sort of. We're in the Iraq War. Right, but I'm thinking. With the superpowers and stuff, okay? So, like, China and Russia. I still think we're in a cold war with those guys. Because yeah. at any point... Something could happen. We could... That's right. End up being in war with them. That's right. There is another key event of the CIA that is important. The new CIA director had spent time in Russia. His time there and the potential stress from the environment could easily be what caused the ulcer. The CIA during this time is waging multiple wars on multiple fronts. The CIA is fighting the early stages of the Cold War, a war on Korea, and a war for and a war for its own soul. One false move and many things could happen leading to another war. Do you think if Russia decided to join China in North Korea? We would have World War Three. Right. That's probably instant, instantly. There's no question right. about it from what we've talked about so far. Yeah. If the CIA loses the fight for its soul, the other two wars did not even matter. The CIA's fourth director was starting to change things and help save the CIA's soul before it comes too late. The CIA has to regain some organization within its own network of operations. December 17th, 19... Oh, sorry. December... Not 17th. Just December 1950. President Truman declares a national emergency brings General Eisenhower back into active duty. That's kind of neat. Wow. Yeah. Bedell Smith brings his A-game and reconstructs the CIA into professional intelligence government fraction. His next major task was to find someone who could keep Frank Wesner in check. January 4th, 1951, Bedell Smith appointed Alan Dulley the CIA Deputy Director of Plans, but this title was a cover. Dulley's real job was the Chief of Covert Operations. It is clear that Smith and Dulley's do not get along. A colleague had observed both of them within a meeting. One thought like a lawyer, while the other thought like a general. You could see how these two different points of view might not go over very well. Wesner's operations had nearly tripled since the start of the war. Bedell Smith makes a good point at a meeting with the president and the National Security Council. Smith comes out and says what's on his mind and what the should the, the CIA should be supporting rev, uh, revolutions. Uh, should, this, uh, should the CIA be supporting uh, revolutions within other nations? Uh, that's a mouthful. <laughs> the Pentagon and the State Department tells Smith Yes, they do. So, basically, the Pentagon and the State Department says, do whatever revolts you need to, to topple whatever you need to. It still is mind-blowing how important the CIA Mm -hmm. is, 
Because it is. It's important. Yeah. But how fucked up it is. That's right. You know what I mean? It's it's a half you, and half. You can you can sit there and see the importance of it. Because if we didn't have intelligence out there letting us know what's going on be before, before it actually takes place, then who knows where we could be. Bedell Smith was curious about one key thing, how Wesner hired so many college kids to get them through their program and to be sent out on missions. Smith caught on to this action. He even notices how fast of a rotation time these kids have from school to field time to home. It is now clear to Smith as he sat at his desk. Wesner was trying to create his own military machine. Smith ate crackers at his desk, still healing from the ulcer, stewing in his own anger. His deputy director of the CIA, the second-in-command, resigns. Bill Jackson, the former deputy director, states that he was just frustrated with impossible tasks. Well, of course you're going to quit. You're, you don't have any way of moving forward. Right. You're, you're stuck. That's right. You're stuck in place. This would cause a shift among the CIA. At this point, Delis gets promoted and Wesner becomes covert ops. Bedell Smith saw the first CIA budget and he explodes with emotion. Their budget was $585 million. $400 million was directly to covert ops. Wow. That's not including the $685 million we talked about. Right, that, that they have. In the last episode either. Yeah, so that's on top of it. That's right. So they have in their money combined. Well, no, this is a proposal. Oh, it's just a proposal. This 587 is just a proposal for their current for their updated budget. But if they do get it. That's right. You're looking at. $400 million for covert missions. Right. But you're over a billion dollars. At that time, more than that, I would say two billion, three, which is insane. Yeah, this budget had really concerned Smith. During this time, Smith begins to really suspect something is being hidden from him by Wesner and Dullies. Smith even questions both men one at a time because their spy spy training, they crack and Smith they don't crack and Smith doesn't get a peep out of them. During the early days of the Korean War, Wesner brought thousands of men to Korea and a few thousand to Taiwan. These men were given orders to infiltrate Chinese and Korean military operations. Some of these men were just dropped into battle with little to no information about what was going on. Some of these fighters were college kids. Just imagine going from college to being in war. Wesner was building a covert operations base in Saipan, for only $28 million, well, well, with a budget of $400 million, 28 is nothing. So much money. So much money. But, uh, so when you're talking about college kids, if you think about it, I mean, during World War II, there was kids dropping out of school. They were... But these kids are just going right from college to war. Right. There's nothing in... Like, there's no glass. There's no... They're going they're from going. one extreme to another. This place becomes a uh, training camp for all of the primary missions within Korea, China, Tibet, and Vietnam. The CIA would even train local farmers to become CIA agents. The CIA sent 
men into missions with no regard for their lives. It was as if the CIA had free agents who could who they could use, dispose of without risking American lives, like you were saying. Right. Yep. As long as it wasn't American life, they, that's who right. Who gives a shit? A CIA, CIA officer recalls training Chinese and Korean soldiers only to drop them off at the border of China and Korea, never to see them again. Wow. Bedell Smith has told Wesner to keep an eye out for the fake intelligence created by the enemy. Many of Wesner's men had been creating false stories or false intelligence. The station chief and the station operations chief in Korea were both sending wrong information down the pipeline. Throughout the first three months of 1951, 1,200 North Korean exiles went to Yongdo Island, uh, where, under the command of Hans Tufti, Hans worked with the OSS. He had, a, he had an excellent talent for deceiving his bosses more than his enemies. Tuft had formed three different groups, the White Tiger, the Yellow Dragon, and the Blue Dragon. There are also 44 guerrilla teams mixed into all of this as well. From what we can tell, this ex-OSS officer had a small army of men. Uh. I like the names. Yeah, the names are neat. Names are neat. Yeah. That's, that's better than some of the names we make up. That's right. <laughs> White the, Tiger. <laughs> these four groups of men were also given clear objective, objectives. Their mission was to gather intelligence through infiltration, work as guerrilla squads, and escape and evade to help save American crews that need potential saving. These missions are also very clear. The White Tiger Group lands in North Korea in 1951. In total, this group had 150 men, a mix of small number of and a small number of agents were also in this group. Toft sent news back that his missions were working, and by November 1951, all of the White Tiger Group was killed or had been presumed dead or missing. The entire group? That's right. Just wiped out? Yep. Wow. The Blue Dragon and Yellow Groups, uh, Yellow Dragon, also faced similar deaths. Any teams that had survived were captured and forced to tell information. Not a single guerrilla fighter made it out alive. That's pretty sad. Yep. Any person who was part of these groups were tortured or killed or was even presumed dead. This mission became a huge loss. The CIA was starting to lose some traction, and it didn't fully comprehend it at the time. Again, it's it's not their people. That's right. So it's... We'll train them all you want, send yeah. them in. Oh, okay. It's almost they have this mindset of there's more where you came from. Yeah. So, yeah. oh well. It's kind of... It's really fucked up. Spring 1942, Wesner's officers deployed more than 1,500 Korean agents into the north of Korea. This group does a little better and floods the CIA with reports of military movements on the North Korean and the Chinese. These movements set up by Wesner were praised by the CIA station chief within Seoul, Albert Haney, who had been working as the station chief within Seoul uh, for a fair amount of time. He was also the guy who would help recruit and train these Koreans. Some Americans thought Haney was dangerous for training and recruiting. William W. Thomas Jr. was a State Department political intelligence officer 
with the soul. He had been he had a keen suspicion that Hanley and his men were being paid by someone who was not part of the CIA. Thomas had a sense that Hanley was a double dipping. He was being paid by two nations, training these men to fight American forces, not fight along them. John Limbenhart also thought something was odd about Hanley. In September 1952, Hart takes over for Hanley in Seoul. Hart knew that he had a problem, and it was a deception problem. Hart even looked into a all of the old files he had available to him to figure out what was wrong. How does he stop it and how does he save lives? Hart digs deep and discovers that every single Korean who was trained with Hanley was working for the enemy. So you have CIA agents unknowingly training those who they're fighting. We do it still to we're this training, day. We're training our own enemy. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we've done it every time we've stepped foot in Afghanistan and Iraq. We, we did that. We yeah. trained people to help us take over the government or whatever. We leave. Those people become a terrorist group that we've trained and armed. And so it to find out it started so long ago. Long ago. Yep. Every report Hanley has given the order of in the last 16 months by his Korean operatives were all lies. Hart had gotten to the source of the problem. Now fixing it would be the tough part. Hart even digs up a report that states that the CIA had pushed Chinese and Korean forces back to an extent. The whole report was fake according to Hart's findings. We never pushed them back at all. Wow. Hart also discovered that many of the CIA agents Hanley and hired within Korea were con men just trying to get money from the CIA. Of course. Yep. After the Korean War was finally over, all of Hart's inclinations were proved to be correct. A large amount of false information did, in fact, come from Chi the Chinese and Koreans. And we bought it. Yeah, of course. We we they they threw a line out, and we were the fish, and we were reeled <laughs> we, right in. We bit right a hold of That's that. That's right. These false reports were even believed by the Pentagon and the White House. The CIA was already infiltrated by the enemy far before the Korean War had ever begun. We so we slowly come to a close on this episode. We have a lot of stuff to unpack and discuss. We started this episode by talking about Steve Tanner. Tanner spends a good amount of time trying to pre uh, create the perfect mission, the perfect plan. Many of his operations at this time had failed. What makes it more screwed up is the fact that it wouldn't be until many years later did the CIA reveal what happened with his true plans. At least, was, I mean... It was fucked up, but at least he was trying. Yeah, he was trying. It seemed you know, like it was a creative idea. Because, it, again, it gets to the point of this is new. Yeah. No one really has any clue what they're doing, so it's like figure it out. So at least he's trying to figure it something, out. Something is better than nothing. I just think it lasted too long before he went, oh, maybe I should change it up. You know what I mean? It just. Well, no, that was the guy that had oh, that the, hung the, the right. Hungarians. That was the Hungarian. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. With this mission, we can only say on a single level, Tanner did get his his crew. He got into Russia. He did get into Russia. 
that right there shows that it can be done. It is a small victory for the CIA in the mountains of losses they had. We can only wonder if the CIA told Tanner what happened to his crew or did he find out himself. We can say the length that Tanner's crew went through helped the CIA in some way. Let's talk about the overall CIA at this point. Many operations have been tried. The CIA is also a changing organization. We even talked about the fourth director of the CIA and the internal and external issues he's facing. Bedell Smith also had also almost died from an ulcer before he gets the job. First off, if you have an ulcer, being in charge of something makes it worse. The president doesn't give Smith a choice. He flat out tells him he's going to, he's, once he's feeling better, he's got the job. Not even a month passes and Smith is the fourth director. Each director we've talked about also inherits a giant mess. Smith was no exception to this rule. He also gets a giant mess, but this time around the CIA is structured. So it does have funding. So he does get <clears throat> so he does get the CIA in somewhat of a better spot than all of his predecessors. Yeah. So each time there's a new director, they get a little bit more funding, they get a little bit more structure, and they're just miles and miles ahead of the last director. Yeah, there's they slowly get themselves Better. into a good spot. That's right. Just takes a while. That's right. <laughs> Smith had, has to figure out everything about this organization once he's fully on board. Smith has to figure out why the CIA has so many cover operations. People who were in the CIA but didn't work for him, and he was also fighting multiple war fronts. The CIA is fighting a secret war against Russia. It is also fighting within the Korean War. In the Korean War, the CIA is up against the Chinese and the Koreans. The CIA has a lot of things all going on, and Smith is right in the middle of it. Smith also warns other CIA operatives about false information. Smith truly has his back to the wall with no way at this moment to be free. Wesner was a key operative at the CIA, but he would not take advice from Smith. He should have, because there was a mole within his operations. He was getting the wrong information. We can see that the CIA is waging a war against itself. We even discussed the fact that the Korean War, the, uh, during the Korean War, the CIA sent in agents to be killed. And we, I know that's getting your vein going in your head. <laughs> How many people we sent over it's there just, just to be killed? Just, what a waste. The CIA <laughs> has an ex-OSS member train men to fight its own forces. The CIA would be in a world of hurt after they lo would lose hundreds and hundreds of men in the process. Information had value. Human life did not. The persistence of gaining knowledge was the only mission they had. All other things they had came secondary. The CIA continues to be in a world of hurt during this time in the story. As the, we continue the story of the CIA, we'll try to find out how the CIA, CIA deals with all its various problems. Uh, during this episode, we did go deep into the 50s. So, hey, we're in the 50s now. That's, that's a huge plus. Hooray! We're not in the 40s anymore. Nope. In took, a way... Took a long time to get out of the 40s. Three episodes... <laughs> In a way, it's almost like the CIA is a parasite thriving on war. 
with each new war, it does seem to get more funding and mo more covert operations. It would be like fear helps sell the war machine, and the CIA is going to profit off of every single penny it can. The CIA does work on a multitude of fronts at any given time. Is striking fear for profit one of those operations? The CIA is a is full of corruption betrayal. Can the CIA, can the new CIA director at this time change things? Uh, we'll discuss more on the next episode of the CIA. Awesome, that's great. I, I mean, that's a it's, lot. It's a lot, and it's again, it's just fascinating how we how far we, we went. We, yeah, in just those three episodes, right? I don't know. We might do another three, but it, just in those three, we've got the origins. We've got the Korean War. We've got the Rus uh, Cold War. We've got our own wars going. Yeah, on. Yeah, so I mean, the the start of the CIA. So much was going on. It's almost like if. If they had nothing going on, and they had time to build up, they probably would have been better. They would have with an understanding of how they should do things. But at this but point, because they didn't at know. this point we had so much going, going on, on in the they world, they had to figure out as they go. Right. So, well, thank you all for listening. Please follow us at Captivated. Please email us at CaptivatedMinds2 at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Captivated Minds, and on Instagram. Uh, mind captivated and all of it is uh, linked down in the show notes and if you listen to us on the Apple podcast please let us know how we're doing uh, leave a review uh, or if you don't like us still leave us a review we'd appreciate hearing yeah. from you anything helps really it does I'll, I'll read anything I don't even and, care and everything right different anything. languages that'd be fine that'd be fine I got yeah. translator that's right <laughs> alright thanks thank you <laughs>